Welcome to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm your host, Cyrus Alderwood, the official spokesman for Generation X. Stick around. It's going to get weird, as always. Welcome to another episode of the Gonzo Chronicles. Got hair metal playing in the background. Check. Cold bottle of beverage. <clears throat> Check. Salty attitude. Check. <laughs> hey, all right. Hey, it's been a little bit since I've, did a, I've done a podcast. However, uh, I thought I'd come on here because there's been so many things in the news. And I've, uh, I've been sort of busy lately, but not too busy to do a podcast. So that's my laziness. My apology, I should be doing these on a much more regular basis and actually contacting more people to have guests on. Um, you know, so yeah, my bad. <laughs> totally my bad. So uh, just let's jump in the news real quick. Actually, I want to talk a little bit about Christmas, Christmas movies. It's kind of surprised when I was doing some, uh, reading some articles about the top grossing Christmas movies of all time. Really took me by surprise. And, uh, you know, that debate people have every year is Die Hard a Christmas movie. Hell yeah. So it's Lethal Weapon, so we all just kind of have to get over that, right? So anyway, um, let's jump in the news real quick. Start with some sad stuff. This is, this is not good. When I was younger, um, one of my favorite bands when I was a kid was the 70s band Fleetwood Mac. Now, I was a little bit before my time, but, the, you know, they... Uh, they did some recording in the 80s. Stevie Nicks was huge when I was a kid. But Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac died at the age of 79. I think this was uh, yesterday. Uh, by the way, today's December 1st. Um, very sad, though. I mean, that's, I guess, you know, the, you hate to hear some of your, your rock heroes passing. But she was 79. Hopefully she had a full life. Uh, the articles I read, I, they didn't say what happened, just a brief illness. Um, but, you know, it's very sad. They had some, such great music, so many memorable tunes. And a lot of people always remember uh, Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow. Because uh, I remember that was used as Bill Clinton's campaign theme back in 91 and 92. So it's kind of cool, you know. <clears throat> but... Um, you know, it, it, yeah, it's sad. One of my favorite songs, actually not one of, my favorite song by Fleetwood Mac, out of the many hits they had, is uh, Secondhand News. Great stuff. Lindsey Buckingham takes the lead vocals on that and uh, obviously guitar. But great song, great song. Mick Fleetwood, one of the best drummers ever. If you haven't had the pleasure of hearing Secondhand News, 
if it's a little bit before your time, go go Google it. Don't Google it. YouTube it. Listen to it. It's such a fun song. Uh, they had so many great ones. And Stevie Nicks had some great solo stuff. So uh, go, go check that out, too. But who could, who could ever forget Edge of Seventeen? Great stuff, man. R.I.P. Rest in peace, Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac. Um, they say they die in threes. So let's, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not ready for my rock heroes to die. But, you know, legends live forever. What does it say? Heroes live forever and legends never die. I like that. <clears throat> and maybe that's true. I guess in our hearts, you know, legends like Prince and Eddie Van Halen are still rocking. You know, it's great. That music is timeless. Uh, people will be listening to Prince and Van Halen 20, 40, 50 years from now. I have no doubt. Just like they're listening to the Beatles and the Stones. Some of the greatest of all time. Hey, I'm going to rip a little bit on, uh, I guess, here in the culture wars. If you're a regular listener of this show, you know that I really have no love for the communist Ch Chinese Communist Party. And I've railed against communism, cultural communism, uh, how it rears its ugly head in America. And it has over and over in history. I mean, all you have to do is look at several instances in the 20th century, especially the early 20th century during the Industrial Age, um, when, you, when you had uh, cities starting to boom and um, factories popping up all over the place. Communists were out there really trying to get their heels dug in and uh, change the course of what this country is, which I hate when people call it a democracy. We are certainly not. We're a constitutional republic. There is a big difference. Um, democracy is nothing more than mob rule. And, you know, anymore, I don't even know if half our votes even count. I've always suspected that since the first time I voted. Um, but you know who raised awareness of that was the late, great George Carlin. We just have the illusion of freedom. You know, go back and listen to some of his comedy skits. That guy was telling more truth than anything. So let's take a look at what's going on here lately in the culture. You have two big things going on right now. People that used to love Twitter suddenly hating Twitter because of Elon Musk. The people that loved him six months ago hate him now. Um, and the only thing he's done is level the playing field for free speech. They still have the same rules. If the Ayatollah can be on there and uh, the, uh, you know, the Iranian government can be on there talking about the death and destruction of America and the Jewish people... Uh, and a sitting president can't tweet just because some people get their feelings hurt. That is complete bullshit. The answer to free speech, if you don't like somebody's speech, is more speech. That is the public forum. That is the discourse. Let it let it happen. It's beautiful. The First Amendment is freaking awesome. The only people that don't like it are people that's that you know they don't like somebody saying something they don't agree with. But it's all right for them to have the ability to say something that others may not agree with. That's called tyranny, folks. You see that a lot on the radical left. Not general Democrats. I'm just saying the radical left. And they are a loud, boisterous bunch of commies. And how much has this filtered fascism and, and, and uh, communism filtered into American corporations? This whole woke movement, which is garbage to begin with. I mean, you, you see people... Um, 
it is ridiculous. It's, it's went from our businesses to our institutions, to our schools, to our college campuses, and it's nothing more than just propaganda and brainwashing. I mean, quite frankly, who the hell thinks a man can have a baby? We can't. It's biologically impossible. There are not 57 genders. Jesus. Anybody? I don't know. I mean, there's people can, I guess you can identify as whatever the hell you want to identify with. I don't care. But don't expect me to buy into your delusion. You know, I mean, who's the Secretary of Health? Uh, or what, whatever that post is. It's a, it's a guy. It's a transvestite. It's a trans? No. <laughs> I'm not taking health advice from a guy dressed up in women's clothes. Especially mental health advice. It's okay to be yourself, you know? I mean, you can be whatever you want, but don't expect everybody else to buy it, you know? You know, don't. they're not breaking the law by not, you know, humoring you on indulging your fantasies. It's, it's okay. We're all different, man. We always have been. And it's okay. I say let freedom reign. Let freedom of speech happen, not just on Twitter, but Facebook. And now we're finding out, and, and Musk is uh, going to be dropping some documents on there showing where Twitter purposely censored people. They actually worked with the government to do this. Um, the current administration, um, they purposely blocked uh, all the information on the Hunter Biden laptop, which, um, and frankly, I think skewed the election. They, they're involved in election interference. And the company needs to be held accountable. I don't care who owns it. Anybody that does something like that, Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, you are manipulating information for political ends. Either you're a company or you're a political action committee. Are you a platform for free speech or are you a propaganda organization? You have to decide. And what are we finding out about Apple? Apple's in the news. Great products. Yeah, I have my iPhone. Once I switch to an iPhone, I've had an iPhone ever since. I don't think I'm going to be buying another Apple product, though. Um, one thing is uh, they actually, I've, I've either I heard someone say this on, on a news program or something, but Apple pulled their advertising from Twitter. And my question is are the guys just trying to promote free speech? And that's his stated aim. What do you not like about free speech, or is it just your speech and your voice you want heard? Apple. Tim Cook has some answering to do for that. Uh, there's a couple other things that Tim Cook and the folks at Apple have to answer for. And will they answer the questions? I doubt it. I'm going to tell you the other two things, but first of all, the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up, I saw a clip today on the news of a news reporter walking down the halls, uh, walking down a hallway in the, the Capitol, with Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, and his entourage, and she was asking him very pointed questions about the, the couple issues I'm going to bring up and the Twitter issue. He was stone-faced, would not answer, just kept walking. He was on his way into a meeting with uh, people on Capitol Hill. I think a couple of congressmen and a couple of senators had very big problems with him, and uh uh, wanted to meet privately before they haul him in before Congress in January to answer some serious questions. And I don't know if Apple will make a statement beforehand, 
But on these two issues I'm about to bring up, they haven't made a statement yet. The first one, um, there's a company over there that they contract with called Foxconn in China. This is a big plant in the uh, Zhengzhou, is it, is that, did I say that right, province. Um, and they make parts for their iPhones. Uh, with, uh, so Foxconn is a company that operates this. Well, Foxconn has been, they've had a lot of employees there, workers there, I don't even call them employees, workers, uh, protesting outside. They say that there is terrible working conditions um, and uh, j just a very terrible pay that they can't go on living like that. And uh, so let me tell you about their working conditions first. This province uh, where Foxconn is uh, working at, this, this section of the city, it is not really like a free gateway to the rest of the city. It's not like they go, they get up in the morning, they leave their homes, they go to work like the rest of us, or leave their apartment, go to work, and go back home and evening. No. Their home is at work. So it's like a dormitory, like a college dormitory. They have two people per bunk bed, or per bed. They work in 12-hour shifts. They work, they work 12, off 12. So the 12 hours they're working, someone else is sleeping in their bed. And then when their shift ends and they go back to their dorm to share a public shower, a public bathroom, uh, public areas where you have to be with everybody else you just worked with, with no privacy, um, you go back, you, that, then your bed is empty because the other person's gone to work. So... You talk about maximum efficiency, they're even making people share beds and rotating shifts around that. And working conditions have been very harsh, incredibly harsh. The, uh, in essence, what they're doing is they're running a sweatshop. And these, these laborers are breaking their backs. They have no privacy time, no time with friends or family. If they have family, um, I, I don't know if, how often they even get to leave the area that they work to go outside of those grounds. Because I'd say a lot of times if somebody could get out of there, they probably wouldn't go back. Uh, they would probably get arrested and taken back and beaten or whatever because that's just the way it is over in China. Um, because it's basically sweatshops. Things were so bad uh, at Foxconn. I didn't I didn't hear about this until last week. What It was called a suicide net. Have you ever heard of this? At Foxconn, the working conditions were so bad that workers would often go on the roof. There's, there's several stories, you know, for the buildings. They would go on one of the rooftops and throw themselves off, committing suicide. So it got so bad that Foxconn, uh, con Apple contracts with them, so this is an Apple company. Um, they had to put up what they call suicide nets to catch people throwing themselves off the buildings, um, treat them medically, and send them back to work. Now, the people that were outside that had the balls to protest, uh, those that weren't arrested or beaten or disappeared, um, 
they somehow got on international news, which is a little, yeah, I don't think the Chinese care who's on international news. They'll, they'll take somebody out in the middle of the night. They don't care. Um, it's like the Nazi Gestapo or something, or the uh, Soviet secret police. But uh, they, um, to settle with the workers, Apple offered an extra $1,400. $1,400? Do you know how many billions and billions in cash Apple sets on? And they offered these poor bastards $1,500 or $1,400. How disgusting. The fact that they contract with a company like that and Apple, when they go over to they trust me, they go and inspect all this stuff. When they go over there, they don't demand better conditions for workers. I know China, they don't have these... Uh, environmental regulations like we have here so you can get around all that crap they don't have the health and safety inspections that we have over here in the states so they get around all that too saving money but you know apple 25% of their their uh their revenue comes from china and over to that region so if they pulled out of there oh there was 25% of their their business so i guess we could say that Apple's, yeah, I know they have a responsibility to their shareholders, but they have a responsibility to this human dignity. And I'm sure the shareholders would freaking agree. And um, I hope this gets out on mass media, on every outlet, so people can understand what Apple has done. What they condone and the terrible human condition that they promote by condoning it in China. All right, that's horrible. That's only part number one I was going to tell you about. Part number two that Apple has some explaining to do, other than, you know, the, the whole Twitter and being against free speech sort of thing. Here's the third thing out of the, you know. They, uh, in the midst of all these protests going on across China, I don't know if you've watched the news, Every major city, over 100 colleges and universities over there, people are out protesting because of these severe lockdowns from COVID. I mean, people have been trapped in their homes for two months. An apartment complex just caught fire. Ten people got killed because they couldn't get out. Uh, there's video out there, you can find it on Twitter, of um, people that managed to send video out of Chinese officials or like you know, their version of police or or municipal workers or whatever, go into apartment buildings and welding doors shut so people cannot get out during quarantines. Wow, how are they going to eat? People have been throwing themselves out of their apartment buildings over there for months, killing themselves. That's not getting out to the world either. And you wonder why, because big companies operate over there and they see this every day. Disney, Apple, Google, Nike, just to name a few, McDonald's, KFC. I mean, all these companies, these big American companies operate over there. Starbucks. I mean, that movie Avatar was filmed literally a couple of miles away from where there's a concentration camp of 100,000 Uyghurs. They're held in concentration camps because they're Muslim. That's why. And they're being re-educated. They've been separated from their children. And Disney's okay with that. They'll go up there and film in their backyard. Because, boy, they want that money, don't they? So here's the second thing that happened during the riot, during the uh, 
don't say the riots, but during the protests, the civil unrest of protests in China, people were sending out video of what was going on, information drops, okay, from their from their iPhones. So, at the behest of the Communist Party of China, Apple used their controls and started restricting information dumps. They limited the size of the, of the info drops so that when somebody was sending a larger size file, nothing was getting out. So they took the side of the Communist Party over a population that is screaming for decent working conditions, decent living conditions, democracy, all because they like the money. They're going against the basic foundation of human dignity and desire for freedom because they like money. Now, my question is, where's Apple going to be at 10 years, 20 years? If everybody understood this, and if you're listening to this now, are you going to go out and buy an Apple computer, an Apple laptop, or another iPhone? I don't know. Maybe you will. But that has to be between you and your conscience. Maybe you for whatever reason you want to. I'm not I'm not gonna judge anybody for they buy something. I don't I don't I'm not the kind of person that calls for boycotts. We all have a choice to make and you know the, the money we spend is more important than the vote we cast. Because dollars talk. Money you know, dollars and cents. That that's a loud voice. Um and if Apple wasn't making as much because they uh of their positions they've taken well, that's on Tim Cook and, and those people that are in charge at Apple. But as for me, this guy, just knowing that, um, I've bought my last Apple product. Won't happen again. Um, I don't care how good of a product they make. I'm not buying something from that has parts in it from a sweatshop where they had to put nets up to stop people from committing suicide because the working conditions are so bad. No. I'm not, I'm not going to go to bed at night with that on my mind. Um, I feel dirty having this phone right now. But I'll keep it until it wears out, because you know it will, because they're always trying to give you the next iPhone, uh, and I'll switch to a Samsung. But I'll tell you one damn thing I'm going to do. I'm going to start looking in the supply chains of where their products come from and see if it's just as bad. If it is, well, I'll find other arrangements. I'm sure I can find something that's it's made somewhere else. And I can't say those working conditions are going to be great either, but at least it's not under communism. Because uh, these poor people over there, man. I, I mean, I, I hate I hate the Communist Party, but I'm sure there's a lot of great Chinese people uh, that would be great allies and great friends with Americans and anyone else in the region over there um, with a little bit of freedom. That's all people want, man. It's in our DNA. As a human, so anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna get off of that rant. I am gonna get off of that rant. I did see a really cool thing on Chronically Funny, uh, a page on Facebook, and I think after seeing this, I have to have it. I have to. It's Darth Vader toilet bowl. It's called the Dark Throne. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Gotta have it. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a funny page. There's all kinds of funny memes on there. If you're on Facebook. Check it out, Chronically Funny. And uh, while you're at it, check me out on Facebook, and you can find the Gonzo Chronicles on there as well. 
and uh, see some interesting articles that I post up from time to time. As a matter of fact, before I get into these Christmas movies, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump over on the Gods of Chronicles. I posted an article up a little while ago. It's really interesting for all you UFO buffs out there. Um, this was from an article from The Hill. So I'm going to pull this up, and I'm actually going to read this to you. Uh, some of you may know who Bill Nelson is. He was an astronaut. Uh, he was also um, a senator, former U.S. senator. So NASA chief Bill Nelson, the latest official to suggest UFOs have otherworldly origins. And this is from a guy by the name of Marik Von Blah Blah Blah, whatever. <laughs> this was on uh, November 1st of last year, though. But anyway, this article just started getting circulated around by people on Twitter. In a freewheeling October 19th discussion on space policy, NASA Administrator Bill Nelson spoke passionately about his agency's mission to seek out life beyond Earth. In his comments, Nelson pivoted almost immediately to a series of U.S. military encounters with mysterious flying objects, many of which appeared to maneuver in extraordinary ways while in restricted airspace. After speaking with several of the naval aviators who observed the unknown craft, NASA's chief is convinced that the pilots saw something and their radars locked onto it. Asked to speculate about the nature of the phenomenon, Nelson, an Army veteran, former senator and ex-astronaut, responded, Who am I to say that the planet Earth is the only location of a life form that is civilized and organized like ours? As surprising as his answer may be, Nelson is only the latest high-level official to hint that UFOs may have otherworldly explanations. Asked in June about the military's recent encounters with the mysterious craft, former President Bill Clinton, like Nelson, responded by pondering the vastness of the universe and the high probability of life existing beyond Earth. Similarly, former President Obama speculated about the extraordinary implications if recent incidents involved otherworldly objects. Of note, Clinton and Obama retain access to top-level intelligence briefings. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Queried about the Navy's encounters with UFOs, former CIA Director John Brennan speculated that the objects might, and his quote, constitute a different form of life. Channeling Clinton, Obama, and NASA's Nelson, Brennan stated that, it's a bit presumptuous and arrogant for us to believe that there's no other form of life anywhere in the entire universe. In much the same vein, former CIA Director James Woolsey, a longtime UFO skeptic, recently signaled openness to the possibility that such encounters have otherworldly explanations. John Ratcliffe, former President Trump's Director of National Intelligence, is particularly vocal about UFOs. In a series of interview, interviews, Ratcliffe ruled out secret U.S. technology and cited high-confidence intelligence assessments to eliminate foreign adversaries as possible explanations for the most compelling UFO encounters. According to the former head of U.S. intelligence, some UFOs exhibit technologies that we don't have and, frankly, that we are not capable of defending against. Anyway, there's a little bit more to this article. That's about maybe a third of the article. Uh, I posted it up on the Gonzo Chronicles Facebook page. So if you get a chance, jump over there and read the rest of that. It's really fascinating, if, especially if you're a UFO buff or a, or a big fan of, I don't know, the X-Files. 
I want to believe. How about you? So anyway, December 1st, 25 days till Christmas. What the heck is your favorite Christmas movie? I've got quite a few. I've got a few. Um, but there's some I want to watch this month, definitely. Um, I want to see... Uh, see. I've seen White Christmas. I want to see It's a Wonderful Life. It has been a long, long time since I've seen that. Um, I also want to watch uh, Krampus. Is it Krampus 1 and 2? Um, that's on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. And... Uh, then there's another one on there called The Boy Who Saved Christmas. So I really want to watch that one too. But I was kind of looking through some of the, like there's a listing of top Christmas movies. And uh, IMDb has a really good list of the top Chris Christmas movies. Uh, Krampus, by just to toss that out there, was number 36 on the list. A Boy Called Christmas that I haven't seen is number 35 on the list. Um, there was one I did see. It was called The Family Man. A friend of mine sent me that a long time ago on DVD. Pretty good. But I'll tell you, here's a really good movie. I mentioned, like, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and so is Lethal Weapon. Well, here's a movie that's kind of in the same sort of vein. It's about a cat burglar, and it stars Dennis Leary and Kevin Spacey. Um, this came out in the mid-'90s. It's called The Ref. It's, it's freaking hilarious. So this cat burglar, I guess, is sort of held hostage in this house on Christmas Eve because the cops are out looking for him. Everybody knows there's cat burglars on the loose. So he's stuck in a house with Kevin Spacey and, uh, what's her name, Judy Davis, I think, is in that. And all they do is bitch and argue, and it's driving him up the wall. And he's trying his best not to be violent. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's a hilarious movie. It's called The Ref. Um. How many of you guys remember the horror film called Black Christmas? That was back in the 70s. I think they did a remake of it. But, uh, yeah, classic slasher. A bunch of sorority girls at Christmas being stalked by some psycho. But uh, Polar Express was pretty good. I've, I've seen that one time. Do you consider Batman Returns a, a Christmas film? I mean, it takes place at Christmas. Kind of like Die Hard, but... Let's face it, Die Hard is cool. Batman Returns. Uh, I do like Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer. That woman is still one of the most beautiful humans on the planet. But I don't know if I consider that a Christmas film. I don't know. Some people consider Love Actually to be a Christmas uh, movie. I don't know. I don't. Eh. Never really saw it. Actually, I wasn't thinking of Krampus that I wanted to see, now that I remember the name of it, The Christmas Chronicles. That's the one with Kurt Russell. It's part one and part two, and those are on Netflix. So if you get a chance, check those out. I haven't seen part two yet, but the first one, really freaking good. And of course, every year you have to watch Charlie Brown. That's that's definitely on my list. At this point, i got to ask you guys, for years and years, A Christmas Story was one of my favorite films. Loved that movie. Never got old. And then all of a sudden... It got old. And then every year they show up for like 48 hours straight. And you can't go to a channel without hitting it. And it's, it's the worst example of overkill I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, I don't know. What do you think?
The Nightmare Before Christmas. Is it a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? Maybe a little of both. Actually, that's a fun movie. I just saw that for the first time within the last couple of years. Uh, the Santa Claus was a great movie, and I think there's a new one out now. Um, here's one that I love. I have to see. It's a Christmas movie. I'm, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I want to watch it this year. But it's not a Christmas movie, really. Trading Places, the one with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. To me, this that's freaking awesome. I love that movie. Uh, but it takes place at Christmas, and a drunken Dan Aykroyd stammering around like Santa, dressed up as Santa. Here's another one I have to watch this year. It's Bill Murray and the movie Scrooge that came out back in 1988. So it's uh, sort of its take on the you know the Three Spirits of Christmas. Um, you know, here's one that <sighs> Bad Santa on IMDb comes in at number eleven. Can't say I'm a fan of the movie. Like I, you know, I, I've seen it. It's just for some reason I don't know. Other people, like everybody I know, loves it. I just couldn't get into it. Now Gremlins. There's a Christmas movie with all kinds of cool mayhem. I remember going to the movies back in 84 when I was a kid. I was 10 years old. I was getting dropped off the movie theater with friends. I had to go see that. Um, here's one everybody seems to love. Elf. I've seen it a couple of times. Like, I watch, like, I'll watch certain scenes and I'll change the channel. Good movie, I guess, but it's just uh, I've just probably seen it way too much. Um, Miracle on 34th Street. Classic film. That's 1947. Uh, good stuff. Um, but, you know, Christmas uh, Christmas Story. is. Um, I wonder when it's coming on. I bet it'll be on within the first week of this month. Guarantee it. Uh, so I've already seen twice this year. On t I haven't watched it, but I, I've, I've noticed it's been on twice already. At least. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Now, I, I watch that every year. That's still that's still funny. Um, and I still watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I want to see Home Alone this year. I haven't seen Home Alone in a number of years. But I'm going to watch it this year, I think. I'm going to try to. Because uh, it's just classic funny. The second one was okay, but like I still like the first one. You know, on IMDb, when it comes to top 100 Christmas movies of all time, they have uh, Die Hard at number two. And It's a Wonderful Life as the top one. Now, that's a three-hour freaking movie. <laughs> so, um, or two and a half at least. So, so you gotta, if you're going you're gonna to watch that, make sure you have your popcorn and nowhere else to go. But, you know, I was kind of shocked. I started, instead of just looking at, like, somebody's list of top tens, I started looking to see which ones were the highest grossing films at the box office. And the 2018 version of The Grinch, um, man, that uh, that took in over $500 million worldwide. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, Home Alone came in second. I thought Home Alone would probably be tops. Um, it came in at grossing 476, but a little over that, 476 million. Um. So yeah, four seventy-seven if we round up. Home Alone two came in third as the highest grossing, at three hundred fifty-nine million. Uh, the two thousand version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the one with Jim Carrey in it, uh, and um, 
I forgot that little girl's name that was in there. But anyway, she's a leader of a, she's a singer of a hard rock band now. Um, the Pretty Reckless. Um, that one grossed $346 million. A Christmas Carol from 2009 uh, did $325 million. Polar Express came in at sixth. Love Actually came in at seven. Elf, the eighth highest grossing Christmas movie. The Holiday. Um, this was a Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet. That came in at $205 million, number nine. Never even seen that. Never heard of it. The Santa Claus, which is oh, freaking awesome. Love that one. Tim Allen. That grossed $191 million. Uh, just looking at the list here, though, trying to see which other ones kind of ring a bell. Like Jingle All the Way, that was the one with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think. That one grossed $130 million. Office Christmas Party, I never saw that. It looked funny. But that was uh, $114 million. Uh, see. The Nightmare Before Christmas. I thought this would be a little higher on the list, too, but that was only $88 million. Bad Santa at $76 million. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation comes in at 26 on this list? At $71 million? That's not right. That, that seems like that should be a lot higher. Scrooge came in at 29 um, Miracle on 34th Street came in at 46 million. I don't know. I thought that I thought uh, some of those would be. I thought that list would be a little different. Um, I didn't even see the Nutcracker on there. Uh, but that's an old movie, so I, you know who knows how much that's grossed. But um, anyway, really interesting, interesting movies on here. But I don't know. I'm looking forward to watching a few of them this year. I've rambled on for, oh, I don't know, close to 40 minutes here. So what is it, folks? Do you believe in the aliens? Are you pissed at Apple like me? Are you all anti-commied up and uh, still stuffed from Thanksgiving dinner? Hope so. Hey, if you have some favorite Halloween, or not Halloween movies, but Christmas movies you want to share, something I haven't even heard of, uh, drop me an email and... Uh, Talk about it on a future show, cyrus.alderwood at gmail.com. And I'll be back. I'll do a couple more of these before Christmas, I'm sure. I'll try to do one about once a week. I mean, hell, I'm paying for it, right? <laughs> hey, thanks, everybody. Hey, I do want to direct you over to my Substack, uh, cyrusalderwood.substack.com. Uh, it's a subscription, but it's free. Um, I've been adding some writings on there, just random thoughts. I'm actually going to go add a little bit more. I'm going to do a spoiler alert for a couple of things, and uh, then I'll, well, I'll probably talk about it on the podcast too. But if you haven't seen Andor on Disney Plus, make sure you watch it. It's a Star Wars um, series, and I got through the first twelve episodes, which is all of season one. And I got to tell you, folks, some of the best Star Wars writing I've ever seen it's good stuff good story um so i'm gonna i'm gonna write a little bit about it i'm gonna write a review of it and if you're looking for a series to watch on netflix check out the midnight club i've actually enjoyed it pretty well i'm gonna write a review on it as well and um get those up on my sub stack 
And uh, it, like I said, it's a free subscription. Uh, if you want to get some of the articles that I lock, sometimes I have paid subscribers. Uh, it's it's five bucks a month, or fifty for a year if you want to pay it by a year. So I'd really appreciate it, uh, and thank you to those that have uh, uh, subscribers and paid subscribers. I greatly appreciate it. And um, thanks again for tuning in to this episode. I'll see you soon, folks. Cheers, everyone.